Today, we're going to be talking to Lily Ray, Senior Director SEO and Head of Organic Research at Amsa Digital. Lily is a really respected SEO across the industry. If you haven't seen her or followed her content yet, I highly suggest doing that on Twitter. She specifically brings research and expertise, uh, no pun intended, around the EEAT vertical or expertise experience, authority, and trust in the SEO world. She's got a lot of clients in that health and wellness arena and, and brings expert insights for sure. In our specific conversation today, we're going to be talking through the recent search engine announcements from Bing and Google in terms of their a barred on, on Google and in Bing specific AI integration, what we think it means for the search, the future of search generally, and then dovetails into a conversation about AI content specifically. Should you be using it? Who does it make sense for? What use cases does it make sense for and not? And how we're recommending clients use it today, uh, if at all. She also dives into a few case studies of success and failure uh, in using it. Uh, I think that's an interesting piece for sure. And uh, it, at the end, we kind of wrap it up and make some predictions about where where the world continues and progresses uh, from this AI point of view. So uh, it was a good combo. Uh, as one final note, no application to this specific conversation, but there are some points where Lily sounds a little like a robot. Hopefully that's not a coincidence, but it seems like some feedback from our mic. Overall, very listenable and good quality, but there are some moments of uh, AI soundiness to it. So I'm pretty confident Lily is not AI, despite being really smart. Uh, her content quality is much too high for that, but uh, I hope you enjoy the combo and see you on the other side. A lot of news this week about how things have evolved uh, in the search engines in terms of incorporating AI. I know you've been following that closely, both from Bing's integration, um, additional search engines that are not as prominent integration, of course, the, the big daddy Google's news about that. So starting there, a lot has been happening. Uh, what is your current thoughts of like where where we stand and how the, uh, these initial rollouts or announcements of integration of AI or the more prominent integration uh, of these search engines? Yeah, it's been like probably one of the most exciting weeks in our industry in a really long time. Um, it's it's pretty interesting to see how things have panned out. You know, in terms of like Microsoft's announcement went really well for them all things considered. And it brought a lot of renewed attention to Bing, which I think was a curveball not a lot of us were expecting for 2023. Uh, I, I kind of love it. I think it's it's great that there's some new renewed competition for Google and not not the competition we were expecting, right? You know, earlier this year, it was like TikTok and, and ChatPT. And I was like, the, yeah, this is, this is a really interesting moment. Uh, you know, Google, of course, had its own release this week, um, which didn't quite go as well for them. So it's just kind of interesting watching like an arms race between these two companies. And then, of course, like you mentioned, the lesser known search engines are also innovating in many ways as well. So it's it's just impossible to know at this point how it's all going to shape out. But I think it's it's been an interesting week because I don't think a lot of us could have anticipated that it would turn out this way. Yeah, yeah for sure. I mean, I mean, one of the things that I know you touched on, um, I, I think I saw that you weren't excited about it either, that Google didn't seem to link out to citations um, yeah. in in their announcement of it. And whether or not they go there, I, I'm curious how you feel about the future as it comes to 
this kind of integration and like SEO? Like, do you think a lot of our traffic will get eaten up? Are you more optimistic seeing this first wave? Like, what is your feeling of how that might look in a couple of years? Yeah, I think, you know, for a lot of us, this was um, pretty scary news. Like the mock-ups that Google showed were pretty scary in terms of what they could potentially do to SEO traffic, to publisher traffic. A lot of people are very concerned. You know, I had several people reach out to me from various industries, like not only SEO, but like journalists, for example, like, am I going to lose my job? This is, you know, it's just like taking the information we provide in and basically taking it for themselves. Um, I have a feeling based on how Google's announcement went this week, and also the fact that Microsoft and the other search engines appear to be really focused on uh, demonstrating how their AI products are going to cite sources and are going to send traffic to publishers and the backlash that Google received this week. I have a feeling we're not seeing BARD in its final form at all, not to mention it's not even live yet, right? So we haven't seen it in any form yet. We've seen two mock-ups. It's, it's also clear that Google is getting pushback for not having citations. And I think they, they tweeted yesterday uh, as part of the announcement, they did mention that's important to them. They want to continue sending traffic and having a healthy web or whatever. So, you know, whatever like doom and gloom scenario that a lot of people are fearing, I don't think that we're necessarily seeing, it's not going to be the worst case scenario that people are imagining. It's just, it's not possible for Google to sustain that. But you know, to the extent that featured snippets and other SERP features have cut into traffic in many ways, probably it will continue going in that direction. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I'm sure it'll be just a new wave of SEO articles of how we optimize for those getting in those. Um, and I, I would right. guess it wouldn't be very different than what we're currently doing, honestly, but in terms of yeah. like structuring your content correctly and all that good stuff, right? Yeah, I don't think there's going to be any new shiny way to get into Bard, like different than how you get into featured <laughs> snippets, like just create good content. But it is really interesting that um, Bard has already, with the two mockups that they shared with the world, already shown that it's, it's not always 100% accurate, at least in its current form, because so much of what Google has been pushing in its algorithms and in featured snippets and with content quality is factual accuracy and is making sure that people are reviewing the content for factual accuracy. So it's very strange to see them re releasing or announcing a product that's inconsistent with what they've been recommending for site creator, site owners for three years. Yeah. That part's pretty weird to me. Yeah, it, it is a unique scenario where previously you can have, their goal is to, 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 to surface the right answer, but if it was somewhat incorrect, that wasn't necessarily on them, but now in this context right. where you're writing it, it's on you. You have to, you've like essentially said, I created this and you got to get that. And that's where a lot of backlashes come from. It seems like in many ways. Yeah. And, um, you know, of course, chat GPT is still innovating very quickly. Of course, like these language models are, are learning and growing and changing all the time. So like, we probably all sound really naive right now because in five years, maybe these things will be a thousand percent accurate. You know, who knows? But like, as it stands <laughs> with ChatGPT being publicly available right now, there's so many um, stories and, and pieces of like articles and news coming out how it can be exploited, 
how it can be factually incorrect, how it gets basic math problems wrong, how it has like gender bias, like all of these things are coming out. And, you know, Google has, I don't even know the, you know, the, the actual like ratio, but I don't know, thousands more like sessions, users per day than ChatGPT. Who knows what the actual number is, but many, many more, right? Uh, significantly more. So when that tool becomes available freely on Google, what problems are they going to run into? How can they solve for all of them? It's who knows, right? Yeah, it's it's interesting just seeing the dynamic of obviously the 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 new startup that people are rooting for, and there's a lot more uh, openness for them to be wrong and this to, chat GPT to be incorrect and not people be angry with them. But with Google, our patience is a little smaller. Uh, right. In general. And I think it's fairly, fairly correct that that's the case. Obviously, when money comes into play and like the the risk of everyone's traffic is like is a, is a big, big thing for sure. Yeah. I mean, Google's run into so many PR scandals in the last however many years, 15, 20 years where they've gotten information wrong and it's made the news. Right. And they're very quick to respond when that happens. And take down egregious results or featured snippets. Like there's obviously like feedback. There's so many ways to tell Google this information is wrong. And when they do get very wrong in a way that's like racist or bigoted or whatever, it's, like, it's really not a great look for them. So I just can't imagine how they're going to launch a product like this based on where we're currently at with like the sophistication of AI content and it's not going to backfire. I would love to be proven wrong, but you know, if the launch already had a factual inaccuracy in it, like, <laughs> it's really, I feel like they're moving really quickly and um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it shapes out. a good thing. Yeah. yeah. It, it, I, I mean, I've never seen such of a dynamic. Uh, you've probably seen that screenshot I and mean, maybe you said something about this already of how much Google's stock tanked and Microsoft's stock went up. I've never seen it like obviously, there's PR backlash, but they actually have cr uh, functional, like proof that yeah. this cost you technically billion. I think it was billions of dollars in market cap was wiped yeah. away from Google um, to do do it wrong. That's like, that, yeah, that's wild, and hopefully makes them move forward in their correct way. Yeah, and like I, I, it's been an I don't know that much about the stock market, but I've been pretty fascinated by the stock market's reaction to this different AI news. Like, it seems like people are really paying attention. Like, like when BuzzFeed disclosed to start using ChatGPT, its stock surged. Like, it's like investors paying attention. I don't know that they necessarily understand the complexities of these things, but yeah. there's definitely a shiny new toy in town and people want to see it being used smartly and correctly. So Microsoft is a good example like, they played their cards right this week. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I used to have, this is not financial advice, but I, I used to have a play where I invested in Google and it would be like a little bit of a hedge where it'd be like, yeah, if Google spends so much on PPC or whatever, um, or like if PPC eventually, or like they eventually eat all of our SEO traffic, at least I probably would have benefited from the Google stock going up. Right. And in some exactly. ways I, I recently sold, I actually recently sold Google stock, I, not like this week, but I've been a Microsoft stock holder too. And I'm like, 
maybe actually the now hedge is Microsoft of like if all this stuff changes, but uh, yeah, hopefully it's all not going away um, as yeah. your, your our first conversation um, went for, yeah. for sure. When the dust settles from this week and I see what Bing rolled out, obviously it's just a very early thing. And I think there's a lot of excitement of what chat GPT was generally what it translates to in terms of search engine. I, don't, I mean, I don't, it's a nice addition to me, but do you think Google should still have that urgency? I just seems like an add on. Maybe I'm just. Yeah. Yeah. I have so many strong opinions about this. Like I, you know, I think um, I was just talking to my team about this. I think, think it would have been more interesting or a better move on Google's part, just my own opinion, if they said, you know what, we have this technology, it's not ready to go public yet, we're working on making it ready, but like, we're not even going to come close to sharing it until it's ready, because you're all about to find out what happens when you launch something like this and it's not ready. <laughs> like, people have already been playing with Bing's new chatbot in the last 48 hours and surfacing all these factual inaccuracies, all these problems, exploiting it in different ways. So like, it's a really cool, shiny new toy, but I don't know that it's going to be worth any potential damage to the reputation if, if, it, if it comes up with something horribly, you know, incorrect, some type of misinformation that like, you know, circulates through society, like who knows what's going to happen. But um, yeah, uh, it, again, it's like they're listening to the feedback, you know, Microsoft's had a really great week. There's a lot of like really, there's people sharing things that are like, oh, this is this is extremely helpful. I think it, it looks a little bit uh, busy. I don't know that I would naturally gravitate towards using something like that above doing a search because I personally like to click on websites. But I think that's another thing too. It's going to take the average user probably a really long time to potentially change their search behavior. So yeah, not an existential yeah. threat just yet, I don't think. Yeah, I agree with that. One take I read um, yesterday that I liked a lot from Scott Stevenson, he essentially said that like we used to have a version of this in Ask Jeeves and Wolfram Alpha that essentially answered your question and it was essentially a novelty. Like we don't really ask complex trivia questions to a search engine. We use it like a phone book. Um, exactly. And, and that made it, I like that a lot and seems like a reasonable uh, take of where this might go. Uh, but yeah, kind of like transitioning to the other side rather than search engines, but how all this AI content factors into our day-to-day -day work. Obviously the other existential threat is uh, how AI can be used to very quickly create content through chat GPT or your tool of choice uh, on your website. You put out a recent great post, the role of AI content SEO suggests uh, checking that out on Amsiv digital. Did I get that correct? Uh, <laughs> website. Uh, where she breaks down all, all of that thought process. But yeah, could you kind of explain your current take on that and how you think people should be thinking about using that, if at all, on their website? Yeah, absolutely. I think this conversation to me is, is more interesting and, and like, I don't know, uh, there's a lot more to talk about here because it's like what's already happening. It, it's very, it ties very closely into what Google's been talking about with EEAT and content quality for a long time. And I also think it's interesting that they put out their, their new and kind of only official statement about AI content right in the middle of all of this chaos. So I think it was like two days ago that they just kind of quietly published that, answering a lot of people's questions about 
whether AI content is okay for SEO. They finally directly told us. That was a very interesting article because, um, and I wrote about it. So like my article was all about that. But basically what they're telling us is there's nothing intrinsically wrong with AI content. So that was a big question that a lot of us had. There's a lot of caveats, right? Like you have to use it responsibly. You have to not just rely on it to mass auto-generate content for SEO, which I think is probably a gray area that a lot of people will find themselves in, you know? Like once they figure out how to scale something like ChatGPT, it because it's easy to be lazy and just kind of like rely on that. And with Google's helpful content algorithms, that's against their guidelines, right? Like that's against their their best practices. So it's a gray area. And the my favorite part of the article that I think is like the ultimate checkmate for site owners was we encourage site owners to think about EEAT, including putting author names on the content whenever possible. Uh, we also would encourage you to be very transparent with your users if you're using AI. And we don't think it's a good idea to name the author as AI. Like AI is not a person. So they just created this like checkmate situation where you should be putting real authors' names or expert names. And those experts and authors now have their names potentially tied to AI content creation, which I don't know about you. I wouldn't want that for myself. And I would not. No. Right. And Google's also asking us to label AI content, which like there's so many applications for how that would be helpful for Google to have that disclosure on the page. Right. So it's I thought that was really like a smart move on their part. It's like you can use it if you want, but you got to tell us and you got to put an author's name. Good luck. You know, <laughs> would you want to put right. your own own self at risk? Um, exactly. Yeah. It was interesting. Yeah, the the whole thing's interesting, obviously, but I like that in the application of some of the use cases you you outlined. I don't want to speak for you on some of these of like how this might actually add value in, in a lot of the ways that I could see naming AI as having at least been additive to content. There are a few places that I don't think users would care, probably because there isn't as much of a need for EAT uh, right. in that case. Could you describe some of those that you sort of talked through that you feel like there might actually be value add in, in using this currently? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like the, the AI content tools have really incredible capabilities. Like I think summarization is one of the most exciting ones. So taking your own data and having it summarize something you wrote, that's still original, unique content that's potentially like in your own brand's voice with your own brand's data. So like that's a great tool that you can use AI for. That's not creating completely new content based on what it thinks it knows, you know, <laughs> but like creating lists, um, creating tables, like doing a lot of the kind of manual work that we've historically done with like HTML and structured data and CSS and things like that. Like it takes out a lot of that legwork for you. So you can more quickly create like interesting assets for your content, which I think is really fun. But um, I just saw an article floating around today on one of the SEO publications that was like using ChatGPT for your site. And one of the things that it recommended doing was like, have GPT come up with 10 statistics about this and this. And I'm reading the statistics and I, I don't know if this author knows this, but they're not always real statistics. Like, have you verified every single one of them? Because it's a language model. It doesn't know, it doesn't actually cite its sources. And my favorite example I shared recently on Twitter was... Uh, Somebody showed, oh, you can ask it to cite its sources. And it created out of thin air 
Rand Fishkin's article about EEAT on Moz. And it was like, Rand Fishkin never wrote that. That's not real. It just created that out of thin air. I'm like, oh my goodness. So yes, it looks like it's creating citations, but they're not real. <laughs> Be careful, you know? Yeah, you get, yeah, it almost seems like creativity in some ways is some of its best application where you don't you know it doesn't need to be fact it need but it maybe it gives you a creative lens whether it's like a title um as you mentioned in your article like poems songs lyrics with tweaking um creative ways to do things it might be a good way to like spur some some creativity as it were to create better content maybe but yeah. looking for it for facts, probably not the best route, at least today, uh, it seems like. Yeah, exactly. That's that's kind of how our team at AMSIV is approaching it. Like, this is a tool. Pretty much all of us have found ways to integrate it into our workflow that that makes our lives easier and more efficient. Like, I'm using it to create complicated Excel formulas almost every day. Um, I'm using it to help start, you know, maybe creating, like, a structured data JSON-LD file about something. Of course, you have to go tweak it, but, like, that starting point is so helpful. And that's, I think, the most exciting application for it right now. Um, but yeah, relying on information accuracy, and I just don't know that we're there yet. And I also, you know, there's, to add to that, there's the there's these new like scandals coming out about the sites that are using AI and these, these journalists, these publishers are like ripping them to shreds. Like there was just one today that a site put out a lot of factual inaccuracies about men's health. Um, because it was AI generated and a doctor reviewed it and turns out a lot of the facts are wrong. So that's not helping the reputation of AI content. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's risky for sure. As CNET saw very loud and clear, obviously probably regret putting the AI kind of disclaimer on there, although Google clearly advised to do that. Yeah. Um, that it's such, so cost them in terms of brand risk. I mean, it seems like the, especially at the enterprise level. And, and I'm curious your opinion on this, but my sense for like bigger companies on average, not only are these more competitive queries generally where this is probably not going to add much value, it's definitely not going to add value, but uh, there's might be ranking risk, but there's also brand risk now. So yeah, that in, in total seems like, like it's not worth going to that, but maybe for small business, it has a little more use case. I don't know if you ever think it would it make sense for those kind of companies more. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm pretty far on the spectrum of like, you know, I'm the EEAT girl. Like I, I, I love recommending that sites work with real experts and real people with experience as much as possible, because I've seen time and time again, that that's the content that works better. Like if you, if you work with a real expert to create content based largely on their own ideas and their own experience, even without using any SEO keyword research tools, that content generally does very well over time. So that's what I've seen, and that's what we help our clients with. So it's hard to imagine many use cases as it stands to, like, I don't know, to, to integrate a lot of these AI tools into that type of content creation. Of course, we talked about other applications where it does work, but, like, you know, we work with a lot of your money, your life publisher sites. It's just not, it's, uh, and it's interesting, too, because, like, their whole, their brand, like, the mission that they have is, is, journalistic integrity and inf information accuracy and a lot of people that work there like really do care about the quality of the content and what they're sharing with the world so the people that we work with and generally speaking right now are very skeptical like they don't they don't really they don't want to touch it with a 10-foot pole 
you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, I, I don't think many of our clients have really uh, strongly pushed us on it. It's come up in a few, a few sale call, sales calls, how we handle it. I added like a FAQ question in our FAQ document about that. We don't create content with AI. That's pretty much the extent right, right now. I think everyone's interested, but not doing much, but. I was just really quickly going to say, um, there are examples and case studies as it stands. I know SEOs, I know people in the industry that are having a lot of success with this, right? Like, I think if you look at the CNET articles, they did well for SEO. So people are going to point to that and say, it's fine. The difference is, I don't exactly know how Google and the other search engines are going to treat it. Like, they haven't necessarily released any broad core updates since ChatGPT came out, for example. And we haven't had the guidance from Google. Like, we can't just assume that because it's worked to date, it's going to continue to work. I kind of have a feeling it's going to get cracked down on because it's going to just be abused too heavily. Yeah, makes sense, especially people. I know it's essentially article spinning now uh, for the people that they can actually clearly tell um, they're going to cover that. But I, I would guess the same indirect things that have impacted content for a long time will also impact this content. It's low quality, poor engagement, uh, contributes to less links to your website. Um, all that seems to matter. I mean, one of the studies I saw on CNET was like, it performs well, it is CNET, but I think they did, a, uh, there was analysis of them versus the AI content versus non-AI. And it seemed to be, um, and I could pull that up for show notes, it seemed to perform worse on average, which at least indicates maybe just the low quality piece. I'm not sure. I don't know if yeah. you saw that as well. Yeah, I didn't see the the actual performance report, but I did spend a good amount of time looking at the content because I was curious. Granted, I was looking at it after they made revisions because when these, when these articles came out about how there were a lot of inaccuracies, they went, and plagiarism, by the way, there was a lot of plagiarism too. Uh, they went in there and made pretty significant changes. So if you read the content now, at the bottom it says, we've corrected this article to make sure it's accurate and we've reduced a lot of the plagiarism. So like, I'm, we're reading it in its final form or current final form. And still... Maybe I'm biased because I went into it knowing that it was AI content, but I honestly didn't feel like it was that good. You know, it was very basic, um, didn't have a lot of like great citations, certainly no expert insights, just very like, I don't know, like reading a dictionary definition of something as opposed to like <laughs> real yeah. experience, you know? Something, something of quality. So right. you touched on case studies a little bit there, and you said you you've seen. Also, we talked about the CNA case case study. I saw you tweeted something out, actually requesting AI like private case studies of success or failure. Have you seen anything else there? Did you get in any uh, DMs on yeah. that that are worth noting? Like what yeah. have you seen out in the wild? Yeah, what's interesting is um, you know, like I think last year a lot of people played with these tools and spun up a lot of sites and tested things. Um, Mark Williams Cook, he's, he's been doing a lot of cool experiments with it. Uh, last year, we know there's many different examples of sites that were scraping. People also ask questions, publishing content that answers the questions using AI uh, content tools. And you can see almost every time the traffic and the rankings grew a lot and then completely fell off. So whether it's like a day that Google caught onto it or um, in large part, a lot of them were actually the helpful content update or the spam update or even like the link spam update, which happened at the same time as the helpful content update. Um, it's almost always the same pattern of like it works and then it's working. So that's a pretty egregious use of AI content. You know, I think most people aren't going to those extremes, but 
I love seeing those patterns because it means that like, you see this all the time, right? Like when people take shortcuts with Google and try these things to like trick Google, it can totally work for a while. We just don't hear about people. People like to take a lot of credit when these things work. They don't like to share when it stops working, but a lot of the time it stops working, you know? So I think this year we're going to yeah. see a lot of that. It's like, <laughs> sure, it's working, but it's not going to work forever. I don't think it's going to work forever. Yeah, it's an interesting exploit. It was one of my theories of the Google helpful content update, which I don't know that actually came true, that there's a, a kind of thing that could occur there where you buy a website that maybe has existing equity of some kind in the topic area. And you could just spin up hundreds of articles with that existing equity. And until Google has enough like uh, time and data to be able to see that this is crappy content via engagement signals, yep. you can see how it could rank. And that that would probably be relatively hard to solve for. I'm not an engineer, but um, I could see that being a consistent issue that essentially affiliate niche site people could keep exploiting until Google can figure that out. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, how, how risk averse are you? You know, like with the helpful content update, what we know is that when I guess the majority of the site is now considered unhelpful, we don't know what percentage threshold that is, the unhelpful classifier gets applied to the whole site. So to your point, yeah, if there's a lot of great equity and you keep producing articles, you could probably milk that for a pretty long time. But at some point, it's going to stop working. So, you know, I think you and I work with companies and clients where we don't have, we can't do those types of tactics. Like I would never, I could never. Um, more, more often we get companies coming to us because they tried those things with another SEO agency and we have to go fix it. Um, but like, yeah, if you're just in the business of trying things and breaking things and it's, it's okay for you to lose everything and start, start fresh again, like go for it. Like, you know, it's not illegal. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe that that's like a decent ad AdSense model for a scrappy solopreneur. It probably right. is. Uh, I, I don't know. Who knows for how long? I know a lot of people are probably doing that as much as they can. Um, yeah, for sure. So you talked about with you, is there any context where your clients are, so no clients are really touching AI generally right now? You generally have enterprise clients from what I understand. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, we, we work with a lot of different clients and I don't want to speak out of turn because we do have um, like a whole content production team as well that's kind of separate from the SEO team. And I know that they're using some AI tools. One of the things we're talking about internally is like the ethics around this. So what I think is unfortunately going to happen is a lot of SEO companies are just going to start using these tools without telling their clients. And I really feel like you have an ethical responsibility to tell clients, um, especially because like with ChatGPT, it seems to be unclear whether you can use this content commercially, right? So if, like, if you're sending that to clients, like, are you violating their terms of service? That's not for you. Um, but yeah, I think there are some ways that we're using it with clients. Uh, we're definitely not going so far as to create entire articles using AI, but I believe we're using it with some who have consented to like, yeah, that can like beef up the content a little bit. I think we're using Jasper, you know, with some of the clients. But uh, we're being very cautious and... Most of the people on my team appear to be really skeptical about using it with their content strategies. I know that we're using it for like editorial planning, you know, keyword clustering in some cases or keyword like blog ideas. Like I think it's it's nice for those features, but not straight up content production in most cases. Yeah, we're, we're similar. Definitely uh, not currently touching it on content. Thought about it. Uh, using it for keyword research. It's been useful in our process for 
giving relevancy scores to topics for clients, like how relevant a topic is to a given client. It's actually very accurate at giving it a, an act, a score as we would give it. Um, that's been useful. One thing I want to keep an eye on, or we have a big design team for our content creation process, is if there's an aspect where it could speed up uh, photo, um, stock photo sourcing. That's a big part. Yeah. Not a big part, but it's a part of what our t design team often has to do. And it seems like that could be helpful. Although still a lot of those AI stock photos, you, I feel like they all sort of do have a little look to them or at least what I keep yeah, seeing like on Twitter. Six uh, figures. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's always like that, one that figure too many. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And then now we have like this new lawsuit, the Getty image lawsuit, which is I think the biggest of its kind so far for like, you know, these, these tools using Getty image stock photos to train their, their models. Like, Oh, I didn't it's hear that. Just, is that essentially? Yeah. That happened yeah. this week. I think um, the first such big, corporate lawsuit of its kind i believe so far so it's murky right like i certainly wouldn't want to end up being an agency that like kind of took shortcuts with with the companies that we work with so it's I like to be cautious and just make sure we're doing everything by the book right now yeah uh this is just a headline maybe generated by ai but yeah getty images sued stable diffusion for 1.8 trillion so they're taking this Jeez, seriously trillion. that's quite the number trillion <laughs> who has wow i did not know but... the number was that big i was like yeah that's like what wow Let's see how that wow, goes that, that's interesting it's almost like a version of napster in a way maybe it's not the same but that it sort of reminds me of napster in some some fashion it's like all the music companies suing napster um it's like yeah sort of did this that uh but who knows if that stops that obviously, but the music industry evolved in its own way to Spotify, obviously, and a version exactly for creators. Yeah. Um, so we'll see how that works. But do you have any sense of like where uh, things evolve from here? Obviously, this is so moving so fast. Like, if you had to make a prediction of like even what it looks like twelve months from now, maybe twelve months is the most realistic timeline. Uh, like, what? Yeah. What do you think it might look like? How should people prepare? I think, I mean, there's two conversations, right? There's the one that we started with, which is Bard and the new Bing and chatbots. That is like, who can say? I, I imagine what I personally think is going to happen is they're going to, you know, since they're they're clearly like duking it out in terms of like who can be the first one to do it, they're going to preemptively launch these tools before they're 100% ready, which I think they're slated to do in the next few weeks. I personally think there's going to be all kinds of different backlash um, and they're going to have to continue refining it and making it more um, like helpful and accurate in terms of the content, but also just making sure that they maintain a good relationship with publishers and advertisers, right? Like, you know, what? like that's their business model. Like they need ads. So they have to maintain friendly relations with, with publisher sites. So that that conversation, it's impossible to say how it's going to go, but I, I'm kind of like secretly enjoying watching it. I think it's a bit of a train wreck, which is kind of fun. Um, I'm not super worried that SEO is going to die in the next you know year. I just don't think that's going to happen. Um, the other conversation about using AI and content, that's to me very interesting because it's, it's such an interesting curveball as it relates to like 
expertise, experience, authority, and trust. Google's big thing. So I imagine most ethical, you know, SEO consultants and agencies will probably find some ways to incorporate AI into their workflow, maybe into the content creation process. But, you know, remembering that things need to be reviewed and audited and fact-checked and like working with experts and doing all those great things. Hopefully most people abide by those rules, but I, you know, knowing SEOs and knowing our history and how we like to exploit everything, probably a lot of people will uh, try to take shortcuts. There's going to be a huge growth of, of low quality, medium to low quality content on the internet a lot more borderline spam for Google and search engines to parse through and probably some really big core updates, if not helpful content updates, if not their own like new type of Google update aimed at addressing that. I think we're going to see that this year. Yeah, it makes sense. They're going to pay close attention to this and try to solve for maybe some of those things we talked about to the extent. It, it seems like that super long tail is where this becomes most prominent uh, potentially is like, solving for that maybe sometimes this is useful above what's there and in those cases maybe that is what google's sort of talking about on their update that yeah ai can add value and be a i do like ai for like summation of sports scores and stuff like that like it, if totally. it was some summating some like division three basketball game that no one was going to write an article about that's pretty good use case and yeah maybe yeah, it's yeah. just like being thoughtful in that way I think there's a, a many, many applications for it that are helpful for society and, and, and users, right? Uh, so hopefully we stick to those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll keep keep monitoring it for sure. Uh, pro I have been thinking about doing uh, summations of podcasts. I like that thought process of obviously it's good at summarizing things. So if we're going to summarize something, probably be a good – that's what uh, this is actually good use of this tool is. So maybe we'll have this summarized by AI. If you look in the show notes, we'll see. Yeah, I actually talked about doing that with our teens. Yeah, like internal meetings, just like summarizing those and maybe doing little write-ups. That, that can be really effective. But yeah. Nice. Yeah, I like that. Well, uh, where where should people find you, Lily? Um, I, you put out a lot of great content. Uh, generally speaking, I like live on Twitter. So my name is Lily Ray NYC. Um, but, you know, Twitter's sometimes a little unreliable these days. So you can use LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, <laughs> If you Google my name, all kinds of different places you can find me. So my name's Lily Ray. Are you, uh, uh, what's your thoughts, uh, final thoughts on uh, Mastodon and how do you think that's still worth spending time on? It's hard. I, I, I enjoyed moving to Mastodon. I enjoyed seeing the community kind of shift over there. But, uh, you know, with, with Twitter shutting down API access, I don't know if that's the thing that did it, but I was using a tool that published to, to Twitter and Mastodon simultaneously, which made it much more enjoyable for me because obviously that's less, less effort on my part. I don't have time to be tweeting and what do they call it? Uh, tooting. <laughs> they call it tooting on Mastodon. <laughs> I don't have time to be tweeting and tooting all day. I can certainly do one. I can't do both. But um, ever since that got cut off, it's less interesting to me because I'm like, I do not have time for another social platform right now. So... If Twitter implodes, we can all go there, but it hasn't happened yet. So, yeah, uh, I rode, I didn't ride the wave, but I at least like signed up there and I'm like occasionally poking in. But um, that was probably a good idea to just automatically cross post to both. Yeah. It, I feel like Twitter is going to be around. It, it feels like a very similar conversation. There's like this peak of uh, panic and 
end of the world. Uh, it sounds a little similar to this week's search conversation and maybe a lot of this. Sometimes it is the end of the world. We shouldn't ignore uh, that it can't, yeah. but I don't think it is for Twitter anyways. I don't think so either. <laughs> On that note, um, hopefully the robots are not here forever. Or they're not going to take our jobs. That seems like the takeaway from this. And um, it doesn't seem like it's going to yeah. make a huge difference on search engines directly, or at least short term. But uh, really appreciate your insight, Lily. Uh, definitely Thanks. check out all our content. She's a great follow on Twitter for sure. I highly recommend that if you're listening to this. Uh, make sure you do that. Um, great uh, insights on EEAT in particular. That's your your go-to at expertise uh, for sure among, amongst many other SEO things. So. I appreciate thanks. you coming on, Lily. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of Content and Conversation. Please leave us a review and like and subscribe on your podcasting app of choice. Thanks. Thanks.